0: very, very happy to be back amongst you all. As most of you know, I was in the hospital recently, um, and I am very thankful to not be there anymore, although I was well taken care of. U of M Hospital is amazing. People there are very friendly. Um, I got my first ultrasound. Uh, I got two, Um, and that was interesting. Um, I have a small more appreciation for what my wife went through when she was pregnant, although mine was my shoulder. Um, And it it was weird because, like, the first time I was in the ER when they did it, and the gel was cool and it felt really nice. And the second time I was actually in the place they normally do it, and so it was warmed because, obviously, more people would probably prefer that, um, which I did not. So, um, But, again, very, very happy and thankful to be back here with you. Thank you all for Prayers and thoughts, and all that good stuff. Um, And I'm going to turn it over to our liturgist, and she's going to tell you some other stuff, and we're going to get moving here.
1: Good morning, church family. Hope everybody's well on this beautiful day. we do have a couple of announcements, as you can read in your bulletin. Uh, the newest one is the, the very first one, uh, recapping a little bit about our church has left the building last week. So feel free to reference that and, and take a read over that. Uh, one of the things that we do have is this lovely thank you letter from Jasmine. If you remember, um, we were raising money for the, I believe is it Autism Awareness? Yes, yes, Jasmine's voice, yes. And so she wrote us a very, very lovely thank you note. It says, yay you for the good you've helped me to do. Love, Jasmine. And as far as announcements go, that's pretty much everything that I have. However, I know there's a few out here in the audience, in the I congregation. I do
0: have one, have two, one more uh, Tuesday morning, I will be leaving for annual conference. I have to go up early with Sarah because as the registrar, she's got some stuff that has to get taken care of early, and also we will be leaving there later, so I will not be back in time for worship with you on Sunday, but Pastor Bill has graciously said he would fill in for me, so you will have Pastor Bill next week, Um, and I forgot to ask Pastor Bill, are you good with doing communion then as well next week, or do you want us to wait for the next week? Okay, so you'll have community next week with Pastor Bill, too, so go ahead.
2: Well, I want to announce that this is the last Sunday for the choir until in the fall, Um, but if anyone wants to do any special music, poems, anything, get with me, and I can make sure that whoever's um, doing the bulletins can make sure that you get put in. and as far as Bell Choir, I'll get in contact with all you guys, see what you want to do, whether you want to maybe play once during the summer or if you just want to wait till fall. We'll get that all figured out. So thank you.
3: One correction in the bulletin. The men's breakfast is the second Saturday in June, but it is not June 4th. It's June 9th, I believe, so 11th. So that I was going to make another mistake. Fire so, yeah. twelve. Yeah,
0: thirteen. Going
3: once. No matter what the date, it's the second Saturday.
4: That's
2: I just want to say thank you to all those people who came out of the church and had church in my yard. Um, I never seen so many people. I think I saw more people in my yard than I do at church. But, but it was wonderful. They did a great job. I had neighbors stopping in wondering what was going on Aww. and saying what a great idea. One said they're gonna recommend it to their church. So uh, to all those involved with organizing it, uh, you had a great idea. I was a little skeptical at first, but I'm a believer.
4: I believe. <laughs> Thank you all. Carl, thank you for letting us come, because when we were making the calls, there were a lot of people that were a little hesitant and not really, like, wanting to have us come over. So thank you for letting us come over, and thank you to everybody who helped. It was very successful. We look forward to doing it again in the future. So I have a letter that I would like to share with you. As chairperson of—and this letter will actually all be emailed to everybody as well as mailed to everybody after service. As chairperson of the staff SPRC committee of our church, I have the responsibility to announce that the halftime appointment of Pastor Michael will end as of June 30th this year. His last Sunday at the pulpit will be June 12th, following a plan approved by the Michigan Conference, giving him two weeks' transition time between pastoral appointments. Beginning July 1st, we will welcome a standalone halftime pastor appointment. This decision was made with our leadership engaged in conversation with the DS, Reverend Lou Ann, and is affirmed by Bishop Bard, and the Michigan Appointive Cabinet. The Cabinet is already at work de- determining the appointment of our new halftime pastor. Please pray for them and for the Pastor Michael as he prepares to follow Christ on his new ministries ahead. In the coming weeks, we will have the opportunity to express our appreciation for Pastor Michael <clears throat> There will be time to say our goodbyes and time to begin planning to welcome a new a new person whom god will send and become our new pastor the as united methodists we affirm with faithful understanding that we the church and the body of christ are the body of christ and in Christ's sustaining spirits will guide us through the days ahead we trust and rely that god's presence and grace during this time of transition So, we wish Pastor Michael all the best.
1: Well, it's hard to follow that up. (laughs) Um, Sad to hear. Yes. It's you guys. Good. I don't have to follow that up. The choir is going to follow it up. All right. Thank you, choir. and join me in our call to worship. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. The Lord has made the world so sure that it cannot be moved. The The Lord Lord is robed robed in majesty majesty and and armed armed with with strength. strength. Ever since the world began, your throne has been established. You are from everlasting. The Lord Lord is robed robed in majesty majesty and armed armed with strength. strength. Mightier than the sound of many waters, mightier than the breakers of the sea, mightier is the Lord who dwells on high. The, the Lord, Lord is robed, robed in majesty, majesty and, and armed, armed with strength. strength. Your testimonies are very sure, and holiness benefits your house, O Lord, forever and forevermore. The, the Lord, Lord is robed, robed in, in majesty, majesty and, and armed with strength. strength. And if you would please remain standing and open your hymns to page 154. We'll sing our first hymn, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. remain standing and join me in our opening prayer holy god of every time and every place you gather us to hear of jesus help us see your infinite life in our own community and in all of creation we pray in your holy name amen you may be seated Please open your hymnal to page 885 for our affirmation of faith. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is one true church, apostolic and universal, whose holy faith let us now declare, we We believe believe in in God God the 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 Father. infinite Infinite in wisdom power and love whose whose mercy is over all all his works and whose whose will is ever directed to his children's children's good we believe in jesus christ son of god and son of man the gift of the father's unfailing grace the ground ground of our our hope the promise of our deliverance from sin and death we
2: We believe believe in in the holy spirit as the, as the divine, divine presence in our lives,
1: whereby, whereby we are kept in perpetual remembrance of the Church of Christ, and find strength and help in time of need. We believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love, as, as set, set forth in the in example of our blessed Lord,
4: to the, the end,
1: end that the kingdom, kingdom of God may come, come upon, upon the earth, earth. amen. amen.
0: For the gifts of Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and ascension, and for the privilege of offering the fruits of our hands, let us give thanks to God with what we have this day. Please rise and join in our doxology. giving God, you are the one who first has given to us all that we need for life. Guide us to use what we now gather for the well-being of your church, for those in need of shelter and food, for all who suffer for want of your word, and for nurturing faith in your people. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. I ask that you remain standing as you are able for our next hymn, number 312. Hail the day that sees him rise. be seated. It is now time for our youth moment. I'd like to invite all of our children and youth to come grab a chair and I'll meet you down there. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? Everybody awake? You all have your coffee? Yeah, you're just not supposed to have coffee. Um, so today is Ascension Sunday. You guys know what that means? That's okay. Because the stuff I'm going to talk about with the adults in a little bit, and, and you guys while you're here listening hopefully, is actually only mentioned like two times in the Bible. But it's kind of a big deal. It's going to be when Jesus leaves the disciples for the last time and goes up to heaven. And, and that sounds sad, right? Sometimes we're, we're sad when people leave. Um, and But the disciples, they they actually were full of joy. After Jesus left, they, they go back to the temple and they are full of joy and they're worshiping God and they're so excited and happy because they know that Jesus' work is done and that means that sin and death are defeated and that they are saved. So they were really excited about that. Now does anybody know what next Sunday is? Anyone? It's Pentecost. Do you guys know what that is? Go ahead. Um, there are is six more days until my brother's birthday. Well... How amazing is that? Because Pentecost is the day we celebrate the church's birthday. How cool is that? And, and that means uh, people almost always wear red on Pentecost. So if you've got red, make sure you wear it. Um, and I am sure that you're going to hear all kinds of cool things about Pentecost next week. So I don't want to spoil the fun. But it's the start of the church. So we call it the church's birthday. And that was a day that was also filled with joy and celebration. Because that is when everything kind of came together. The Holy Spirit came and, and the disciples started to figure out they had to go out and share the good news with everybody. So, so what kind of things make you guys like, excited or happy or joyful? What's one thing that makes you joyful? You got to see one of your friends, that makes you joyful? Okay, yeah, absolutely. What other things make you joyful? Yeah. Eating food. That's a Methodist for life right there. As long as it's not a casserole. Um, What other things make you joyful? Um, What about spending time with some of your family? Does that make you joyful? Yeah. So here's what I want you guys to do this week um, for me. I want you guys to think about some of the things that make you joyful and really, really think about them. And then when you go either uh, with your family or your friends, because I know school's almost done, um, but I want you to share your joy. You don't have to tell them why you're happy. You can, but just share that joy, and, and it becomes infectious. Like People get addicted to joy, and that's a good thing because God wants us to be joyful and happy, okay? And so I want you to do your best to spread joy this week, okay? That sound good? Yeah? Okay. I need help with one more thing. I bet you can't guess what it is. Lord's Prayer, prayer, that's right. Can we fold our hands and do that? You ready? All right. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You guys are rock stars. Thank you guys so much. And we've got, do we have the suckers? We do have the suckers. Um, so yeah okay so grab a sucker and then head back to the folks you were sitting with and uh, if you need it there are clipboards with stuff to color in the back we can grab one of those if you need something to keep you busy Does that sound good we're focused on the suckers I understand See, so that one's perfect for next week for Pentecost. It's red. All right, so go ahead, go back to your seats, okay? Thank you guys for coming up and hanging out with me. (coughs) Mm. You guys are set. Just wear that next week and you're good. (laughs) You could still wear it if you're sitting in the pews. All right, Um, so if you look in your bulletins, you can see uh, we have a list of prayer requests. Um, I also have a couple here that were given to me. Um, Jay's sister, Sue, was recently uh, diagnosed with cancer. Um, They still have to do some follow-up to figure out exactly where it is and kind of what stage she's in. They think it might be lung cancer, though, so prayers for her um, and her family. Uh, We have prayers for uh, Gerald and Geraldine Eaton. Um, They both have been diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oof. Um, So please keep their entire family uh, in your prayers um, also, uh, Marilyn Berger, um, she has scoliosis of the brain, which, if that wasn't rough enough, also is experiencing seizures, so please keep her um, and all of her family and all of these people's doctors and nurses and other people in your prayers as well. I also want to highlight, um, continued prayers for uh, Gaylord, Michigan, as many of you know, Uh, There was a tornado that went through there recently, um, and there is information in your bulletin about um, disaster response, if you'd like to make a donation or anything to help. Um, And of course, we are continuing to pray for the Ukraine, uh, the people of the Ukraine, and the people of Russia who are standing in opposition to what their leadership is doing. Um, Do we have any other prayers we would like to lift up this morning?
3: Esther Seiberger's son's back in the hospital. He got an infection in his amputee leg, his stump, and he's on the eighth floor at St. Joe. He had a few falls, and so that get him, got him back in the hospital. Well, here, i got to take this. Oh, just a minute.
4: <laughs> I just want to, everyone to pray for the families in Texas.
3: for his
0: family, Sandy and Logan, and his son, um, Barry. So prayers for uh, Barry's family, um, Sandy's neighbor. He passed away recently. Do we have others? I have
3: two things. Um, in your bulletin on the prayer list was Ken's aunt Nin. She had surgery yesterday, some major surgery. It was supposed to take nine hours. They finished in five. They have, think they have everything repaired that needs to be repaired, and she's got a long recovery ahead of her. Um, and it was a major abdominal, intestine, stomach, a lot of things. Um, the other thing I'd like to say is I have a lot of gratitude today because on Thursday, we got our new stove for the kitchen. It was not due to be here until october and it came in early and it is paid for thank you for all the donations and we are moving forward some with some other repairs that we have pretty much everything we need for those repairs to be done so there'll be a few more things done and we're truly grateful and blessed at this point Charlotte Wolfus. Uh, what it says she's in the hospital? She's home. Um, she's failing in health in many, many ways. Um, they are putting in a ramp for her because she has a terrible time walking two steps. I mean, up and down steps. So, but she is at home. But she has a lot of, a lot of little health problems and a couple of big ones now. So, but she's not at, in the
0: hospital. Do we have any others? Okay. This morning in our prayers, um, there will be a point where I will say, Hear us, O God, and I invite you, if you would like, to respond with the words, Your mercy is great. Let us pray for the church, the world, and all who are in need, saying, Hear us, O God, Your mercy is great. We give you thanks for the community of faith throughout the world. According to your compassion, holy God, guide your church to proclaim the gospel so that its wide open door is apparent to everyone. Heal the great chasms that exist between our peoples. Help our leaders and teachers to shepherd us with wisdom. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We give you thanks for nations and leaders, By your power, O God, inspire all people to insist on just economies and social structures. Prepare our young people to turn their zeal into peace. Unbind those who are discouraged and teach us all to persevere. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We give you thanks for all creation. Open our eyes and ears to see and know more about this earthly home which you created for your joy and ours. Show us how to love the creatures and plants we would otherwise ignore and neglect. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Merciful Lord, we pray for those among your people here and throughout the world who are in trouble, the sick and hungry, those who are unjustly imprisoned and abused, children without shelter, Adults without work, hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Hear now the prayers of your people spoken silently in their hearts and minds. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We give you thanks for the saints whose witness has nourished our faith throughout the ages. Their assurance in word and deed has fed us with the truth of your word. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Ascended Lord, we trust that you will hear our prayers and answer with what we need. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, Mother and Father of us all. Amen. Amen. If you would please join me in our prayer for illumination. By the power of the Holy Spirit, open our minds to the word, your son, who comes to us as one of us and ascends to the heavens to remain with us. Amen. We will now hear from our sanctuary choir.
1: first scripture reading this morning comes from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, the promise of the Holy Spirit. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs. He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks Thanks be be to to God." God. And if you could please stand for our next hymn found on page 384 Love Divine, All Loves Excelling.
0: For our second scripture reading, um, I'd like to take a few moments for something else that I, I think originally had planned to do later in the service, but after the choir's uh, anthem, energy's all still there. So it is Memorial Day weekend, and many people have given their lives throughout our country's history to help ensure the freedoms that we enjoy, and while no one, at least I hope, no one likes war, it is a reality um, of our world, because we as humans are not perfect, and we disagree, and things happen, but I am very thankful for all of those who have served and given their lives, as well as those who have served and who have been able to become home Um, and still continue on in their lives. And I'd like to ask those who are present today, who have served in our armed forces in any capacity, if you would please rise for a moment. Because not only do we want to remember those who we have lost, those who have gone on to glory, we need to remember that those who served alongside them suffered the loss of no longer having those People in their lives, people that they may we were in, in the trenches with or fought alongside, people who in many cases became like brothers and sisters to them. And so while their families grieve as well, the people they served alongside grieve their loss in almost the exact same way. So if you have served in our armed forces in any capacity, I would ask that you would please rise for a moment that we may bless you and pray over all of those who have already gone on to glory in God. Holy God, we give you thanks for all of those who have given of their time and effort, and especially those who have given their lives to help secure the freedom of our country. We thank you for the sacrifice that we know we can never fully repay. Sons and daughters have given their lives and so much else of their time for the benefit of those who are still here today. We ask that you would be with those families who mourn the loss of their loved ones as well as those who served alongside them who are mourning the loss of their brothers and sisters. We thank you for their sacrifice, for all that they have done. And God, we thank you that we are able to enjoy the freedoms and the fruit of the efforts that all of these people in our armed forces have put forth to help keep us safe and free. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verses 44 through 53. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. This is the word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. If you'd please join me again in an attitude of prayer. God of all love and grace, you find joy when we show love and grace to others. You send messages of joy through angels and others' voices. And your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, found joy in many parts of the human experience and brought joy to so many throughout his life and ministry. It can be easy for us to get caught in the joyless times and activities that happen in our lives. We ask that you would help us to find and see joy in our world and in the ministry work you call us to making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of this world. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again to all of you. As I mentioned earlier, it is great to be back on the other side of the doors of a hospital. I was well cared for at the University of Michigan Hospital, but I would much rather be um, out and about in in ministry. I want to thank everyone again for prayers and messages, and a special thank you to uh, anyone and everyone who jumped in to kind of help things going uh, in my absence. And I was very excited to... Uh, hear about all of the work you did last week and seeing the article in the, in the local paper. Um, and I, I do hope it is something you continue to embrace and do uh, in the years to come. So, I want to start us focusing on, on the ascension of the Lord, of course referring to Jesus, coming from our reading from Luke's Gospel that I just read to you. Now, something is, at least to me, and and hopefully to you, but at least to me, is rather interesting about the Gospel of Luke, and it's something that I don't think I ever paid very much close attention to until I was putting this message together, and it's that the Gospel of Luke begins and ends in the same place, in the temple now at the beginning of Luke's gospel, we, we start at the temple with a priest named Zechariah who was chosen to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and, and take care of things for that period of time. And while he's in the temple, Zechariah is visited by an angel who comes and tells him that he and his wife Elizabeth, who have been childless up to this point in our Kind of getting on in years they are going to be blessed with the birth of a son and not just any son but john the baptist the one who would kind of set the stage for jesus to come and begin ministry the angel even tells Zechariah that he will have joy and gladness and now here at the end of luke's gospel we have a kind of parallel story in a way It says, He led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. Just like Zechariah, the disciples have great joy as they return to Jerusalem. And again, like Zechariah, they were continually in the temple. They were blessing God for, for everything that they had been a part of and witnessed to. So in both the beginning and end of Luke's gospel, we find people who are, who are filled with joy, who are gathered in the temple. That can't be a coincidence. There's got to be something of significance to these similarities, Right? Well, I would argue that yes, absolutely, there is some significance to all of this. If we were to go back and read throughout all of Scripture, or at least most of it, we would find that the temple is a place of worship, a sacred place where the presence of God is experienced. At the end of Luke, the Greek word for temple is herion which actually refers to the entire building that compromised the Jerusalem temple. And as is best known, this word herion, it it was never used figuratively. It was used literally or in the literal sense. In verse 53, where it tells us that the disciples are in the temple blessing God, they are in a physical place of worship. They are in the space that Zechariah inhabited when he received word about the coming birth of his son. And when I learned kind of more about that and hearing that, I kind of get like goosebumps and the shivers a little. And the truth is that Luke's gospel, Luke, he, he grasped the value of the temple as a place where the Word of God could be heard and where God could be worshipped. Even Jesus, our our Savior, that rebel and rabble-rouser, who at times was found to be criticizing aspects of organized religion and even denounced the scribes, even Jesus spent a great deal of time teaching in the temple. Sacred buildings are valuable to Jesus and to the followers of Jesus, which is why the beginning and ending of the Gospel of Luke includes blessings and joyful temple worship. And I don't want this to be misunderstood that the buildings in which we worship themselves should be worshipped, but they have value, and significance. They are sacred spaces. A challenge that many ministry leaders face, and honestly have been facing for a little while, is there's a group of people in our world, not just in our country, but around the world, who will claim to be spiritual but not religious. And it can be kind of confusing because that can mean different things to different people. It's not a clear-cut, perfect definition of what that exactly means. But there is good news because we have a blessing to offer everyone, even that particular crowd. And that blessing is one that begins with the blessing of Jesus himself. In verse 50, where it says Jesus blessed his followers, the root of the Greek word for blessed, and I apologize, I'm going to butcher this, but it is ish, E-U-L-O-G-E-O with a line across the top, so however you want to pronounce that. But that word, what it literally means is to speak well of. So essentially, when Jesus blesses his followers, he is speaking well of them and praising them. But that's not all. Because at the same time, his blessing is a request for God to help these people to prosper, to be happy. And this takes on added significance because Jesus is leaving them. The last words of Jesus before his ascension are a blessing, are words of praise that ask God to continue to show favor toward the disciples and his followers. And in our world today, our congregation here, and really almost all other congregations around the world, we are ministering in a world full of people who are in need of being blessed. Early in my time in ministry, I started thinking about, and I can only ascribe this to the Holy Spirit, but started thinking about how we wish people well, we pray for people, but we don't, do we really bless people? That, that's something that you don't really hear people talking about outside of something scripture-related. And if you look back in the Old Testament, and even the New Testament, there's all these instances of people blessing each other, whether it was a prophet or uh, a religious leader or somebody else, and it feels like somehow that got lost along the way. This world is full of people who are in need of being blessed. Blessed. Just look around, turn on the news, look at the events of the last week. From neglected children to battered spouses to those who have been laid off of work to people who are struggling with healing and recovery and and so much more, the people inside and outside and around our churches need to be told that Jesus speaks well of them that Jesus praises them, and that Jesus wants God to help them. I think, and I really, really hope, that most of us know what it feels like to enjoy someone's favor. They always say that there's a favorite child, or grandchild maybe. We're not supposed to tell the kids which one it is. But again, at least hopefully, everyone knows what it's like to be the favorite of a grandparent, a parent—well, hopefully not a parent, but grandparent, a coach, a teacher, someone kind of in that realm in our lives in that hemisphere. And in this section of Scripture, Luke is telling us that Jesus blesses all of his followers, which turns us all into his favorites. He gets to cheat like that. He doesn't have to pick just one because he's Jesus. And the power of this blessing is that it gives us the assurance that God is looking favorably on us, no matter what rejections or hardships that we might encounter in our day-to-day lives. And since we, this church, this congregation, this community of faith, Since we have received Jesus' blessing, we should make it an intentional effort to share that blessing with everyone around us by speaking well of them and asking God to help them. I want to be clear, though, that we should never assume that as followers of Jesus, we are somehow more blessed or more special than those who are not Because the truth is, we really have no way of knowing what other blessings Jesus has asked God for and for whom they may have been. But what we do know, what we can work from and focus on, is that as followers of Jesus, he has spoken well of us and asked God to help us. And now, it is our turn to go and do the same thing, and not just for the people here In worship this morning, although that is part of the group, we should absolutely be blessing each other. But also for the people who are not here, the people who have never walked through the doors of a church, the people who don't know the joy of the good news, the saving grace and salvation that Jesus secured for us. Scripture tells us that once the followers were blessed and Jesus ascended, they all returned to Jerusalem with great joy. You know, joy almost always seems to arise when somebody has been surprised by a gift of God. In the beginning of Luke... We have an angel who predicts this exact emotion saying, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. And then at the end of the story, the disciples and the followers are feeling great joy, not only in the birth of Jesus, but also in his resurrection from the dead and his ascension now to heaven. Here God has brought the work of Jesus to completion by giving his followers the gift of victory over sin and death. Can you imagine if that that same joy the disciples and his followers were feeling that day was felt in all our congregations? And it should be, to be honest. That joy should be felt throughout each person whenever we gather in our sacred spaces for worship. And our model is the disciples and the followers in that last verse of Luke who were continually in the temple blessing God. We bless or speak well of God in our worship because we have discovered that God embraces all of us with endless love and grace. And we know that the Lord reaches out to everyone, even to the once excluded individuals seeking to make them joyful in God's house of prayer, a house of prayer for all people, as it says in Isaiah chapter 56 verse 7. Throughout the entire long arc of the biblical narrative God desires to expand the circle of inclusion and to welcome people in ways that will not merely accept them, but will make them joyful. We see this first in the servant of the Lord in Isaiah, who becomes a light to the nations. And then that circle, it widens when Jesus becomes a friend of the tax collectors and the sinners, those outcasts of society. And then finally, we see the Apostle Paul. He goes beyond the people of Israel to share the good news of salvation with the Gentiles. The message of God's acceptance creates joy, which means that a spirit of jubilation should always be included in our services of worship, or at least as appropriate given the liturgical date and scriptural focus. The Gospel of Luke begins and ends with blessings and joyful temple worship. And the ministry of our congregation here and all congregations across the globe should always try to follow that pattern. It should follow it as we receive the blessing of Jesus and offer worship that is grounded in the grace and love of God. And it should follow it as we turn and bless others, whether those a part of our faith community or outside of it, but bless others by speaking well of them and asking God to help them. That's another way that we can show God's amazing love and grace to all the world. And it is the call that Jesus has placed upon every heart of those who already know his love and sacrifice. We live in a world that is in need of blessing, of reassurance, of hope. We find all of that in the love and grace of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and of God. We need to do what we can to continue to do what we already do to share those things with a world in need. Amen. If you would please rise as you are able for our closing song, printed in your bulletin, uh, Lord, I lift your name on high, number 2088. To uh, remind everyone, if you have other prayer concerns, to please fill out one of the orange cards um, and get those to the office so we can make sure that we are, are covering everything. But now, beloved children of God, go forth with the spirit of wisdom and hope, with eyes enlightened and minds aroused by the power of Christ. Be assured that wherever you go, Christ is with you. Be kind to all who are sent your way because of the Holy Spirit who gives you the power. And now may the one who gives you all that you are strengthen you in faith and hope this day, now, and forevermore, always go and serve the Lord and bless one another. Amen.